0: Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. Welcome to Gladiatrix. I'm your host, Melanie Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Today, We'll be talking to Isabel Summy. Isabel was born and raised in New York City of immigrant parents from the Dominican Republic. Even though her parents only spoke Spanish, Isabel learned English, French, Italian, and Russian. Let's listen to her story as she talks about often times in her career where she was the only woman, if not the only woman of color. Hey, Isabel, thank you so much for coming today and being on this interview. I'm really, really, really excited to share your story because I know you have an absolutely fascinating one. You are also my, I am your biggest fan <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I have, uh, have a lot of respect for all the things that you say because you have seen so much and uh, I always look to you for guidance. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show.
1: Well, you're very welcome, and, and hi to you. It's nice to talk to you. Yes. Um, I am so happy to be here talking with you today, and um, I'm a fan of you as well. I, I'm not sure that I'm awesome, but you definitely are. Oh, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so let's start from the very beginning, um, okay. can you tell? because um, I know you've had very interesting experiences being you know, uh, born and brought up in New York City. Uh, your parents are from the Dominican, but and they never spoke any English. So English was never your first language, but, you know, you've, you've had a, um, when I, when I listen to you about your um, experiences as an in, in airspace, going into airspace engineering and uh, all the, um, some of the interactions that you've had with different people, I think, uh, you know, it, I'm really interested to know what, so let's go from there sure sure so y-
1: yes you are you're correct i'm I'm the daughter of of immigrants uh my parents came to this country from the dominican republic left um uh, everything they knew to to come here and start a family um so uh i i was the first child of of four and um At the time my parents did not speak English. Uh, My grandmother was also here and she did not speak English uh, either. So um, my first language was Spanish. Uh, And by the time I went to school, um, I did not speak English, um, which was very it was very difficult, I still remember, I don't know how many people remember kindergarten, but I definitely do, <laughs> it's probably because of the trauma, um, so um, we didn't have things like bilingual uh, classes in those days, you know, they just kind of put you in, in a lower class, um, and, and I don't know, Malini, if if you, uh, well, you know, I guess by the time you had children, you probably didn't experience this. But but back in, in those days in the U.S., uh, they actually used to categorize all the classes like in order of, you know, intelligence. I, and I'm not kidding. Really? So there was like a, yeah, there was like a K1, K2, K3, K4. So the smart kids were in K1. Then there was K two, then K three. Well, you could just, you know, and then if you were past K four, you were in special ed. You know, uh, same thing with one, two. You know, one, 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 two, one, three, one, four. Same thing. So when I first went into school, I I was in K four. So I think they um, started to maybe understand that um, I I I was pretty intelligent. I just didn't speak the language because Mm -hmm. the following. a year. I, I was in 1-4 in, in again, I remember that, um, and then 2-4 and I had a very good teacher that I think that started seeing that and then 3-2 and then 4-1 and all ones after that. Um, <laughs> so, I, and by then I learned the language. <laughs> but um, but yes, it, it was definitely very, very challenging, very uh, interesting to be home in a certain culture and uh, to go to school in in another one. You know, um, mm-hmm. the customs were not the same. Uh, I wasn't allowed to, you know, really play with anyone. Everything was about studying at school and then you come home and uh, maybe you study some more, you know, um, but it was uh, not a very social time for me, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, but very uh, school-driven. School, uh, 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 In addition to that, you know, at the time, our neighborhood was very nice, you know, but as time progressed, by the time I was in seventh or eighth grade, it started getting pretty bad. And by the time I was in high school, the area in which I lived, which was uh, uh, East New York in in, in Brooklyn, uh, was crime ridden. Uh, The local precinct would say, you know, you give us 20 minutes, we'd give you a murder. You know, that's where I lived. Um, So... It was definitely uh very uh, uh challenging to uh to make the correct uh connections and, and receive the education that, you know, you, you would hope your kids would receive. But
0: but you stayed in that same neighborhood all through um high school and then even um when you went to college, your parents That's still correct. lived there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I sure did. I sure did. So I, I had a very strong family unit. You know, um, I, I think that it's very telling where, you know, you, you're living in an area where, where most kids um, don't even go on to college. That was the reality of it, you mm-hmm. know, in you know, at, at that time. Um, so to have, you know, my brothers, my my three younger brothers, like we all went to college, you know, I think that speaks volumes to the expectations from my mom and dad, you know, mm-hmm. our family unit and how serious they were about what they came to this country for, uh, mm-hmm. that they, they kept telling us, actually, you know, uh, we came here for a better future. And it was, you know, th- through you guys, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can get educated um and if that's not happening we'll ship you back to the Dominican Republic <laughs> and we believe that so
0: no and i think and i think that's very valid especially um and i can say that cuz you know we i'm i'm an immigrant myself and just like your parents when we come here we don't want to create any waves. We want to just Correct. kind of blend right in, you know, We came here for a better life. We want to give our children a better future. So we don't want to do anything that's going to upset anyone because we're like, you know, we follow the rules, do what we have to. We just, you know, we'll do whatever we have to, to make sure that, you know, everybody's behaving well. And I know I would tell my kids too, if you don't behave, we're going to send you back to India and, you know, you could, you could stay with your grandparents and help exactly. them, you know, yes. so that would, that would kind of like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah mind-blowing but you know it happened to our friends like we saw it happening to
0: other friends and we thought oh wow they're for real like this can really happen <laughs> wow okay so that, that our- really put the fear of god into you like oh we better not yeah. mess up okay <laughs> exactly. so so from from um you know in, in east new york from when you graduating high school what how, how um because i know you went into aerospace engineering so how did all that how did that come right. out so
1: I, I I was very fortunate Malaney. I had a, a, a guidance counselor that was just amazing. You know, in in the midst of this um incredibly poor, crime-ridden, you know, challenged neighborhood in every way shape or form, um at my local high school was a guidance counselor that understood, he understood that the way to empowerment is is education. Mm-hmm. You know, um and uh, he, he actually used to tell me, he, he would say, you know, uh, Isabel, um, you know, s- somebody's got to sweep the floors and there's nothing wrong with sweeping the floors. It's a, it's a good job and somebody has to do it. It's an important job. It's just not going to be you because mm. you, know, you, you, you have potential to do, to contribute in another way. And he would always tell me that. And I really didn't understand what he was talking about at the time. And I think he was trying to say, you know, your friends are on certain paths um, but, you know, you, your path is going to be a, a little different. Um, mm-hmm. So it it, it speaks uh, a lot to, you know, what everybody, you know, was thinking and doing the socioeconomic level, which is something, mm-hmm. I Melanie, another topic, you know, we can, we can talk more about what, but why I'm so passionate about those types of things, because um, the truth of the matter is mm-hmm. that um, your socioeconomic level, you know, defines so much. Yes. Um, it's something that it's, it's just, um, it's not fair for lack of a, of a better word. And because- I think
0: that's the reason why a lot of immigrants, when they come in, they're so, um, hell bent on making sure that you're educated because that is, that is the one way of getting out.
1: Exactly. Yes, that exactly. Hole. Exactly. Right. Right. So, um, so, so to your question, um, I, uh, I, I did do very well in, in high school, um, and uh, I was thinking about my future, and I always thought that I would be a linguist. I took uh, languages, I, I, I even received awards. Uh, I took five years of French, a year of Italian. Um, I was already fluent in Spanish. Wow, um, I had no idea. Russian, yeah, yeah, I loved languages, and my dream was to one day um, work at the United Nations. Very cool. uh, So while I was in high school, you know, I looked up, uh, you know, those possibilities. But then I saw their salary, and I thought, Oh my goodness! Well, well, think about it for a minute. I am, you know, I would, I would have been the first in my, you know, family, you know, to graduate, you know, from, from college. I I had to help my brothers. I had to help my parents. Mm -hmm. I couldn't take a job, you know that. Paid a very small amount because oh, yeah. I I needed to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the way that I saw it. I don't think that my my parents kind of ingrained that into me, but I did feel like you know it, it was my job to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, I remember talking to my guidance counselor about this and I said, you know, I, while, while this is my passion and this is what I'd like to do, I can't, this is not an option for me. And he said, you know, I understand. He said, so, but an option for you would be engineering, you know, and especially as, uh, as, a, as a minority, as, as a woman, as uh, a, a black woman, uh, I would think that there'd be many opportunities for you as companies are trying to, you know, d- d- diversify. Um, and I thought, okay, great. So um, so I, I, I looked at it and I, and I always, you know, thought um, a lot about maybe someday going into space or NASA and how exciting that would be. You know, I, I think part of my challenge too was I was interested in just so many, so many things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I picked the engineering that resonated, you know, most with me. So um, I, I did, I did end up studying uh, aerospace engineering um, and... And, and that's how this all started. It's been a wonderful life after that. But that definitely catapulted me into a different socioeconomic level. Um, by me receiving that education, I would say that lives were saved. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped paid for my brother's uh, college. Mm-hmm. Um, they, We all did better. I think our whole family, family. did better. Because you, just took, you, well. you took everybody
0: up. And another, yeah. a whole different level, yeah. right?
1: Yes. Right. And, and, and this is what an education does. It doesn't just help one person. It saves lives. It right. Right. helps everyone.
0: It's um, almost like so a generation, right? Stuff. You lifted right. up an entire generation just by going to college.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and think about how it trickles, right? Because mm-hmm. now my brothers have kids
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and their kids are, you know, now in, in college, you know, and, and what that's done, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I look at, uh, unfortunately other people that we grew up with and they didn't have that type of mobility, you know, it didn't happen for them. They didn't have that strong, mm-hmm. uh, uh, family. Um, and you know, that a uh, guidance counselor that just pushed, I mean, th- this, this guy would actually come to my house to come, you know, he'd come and pick me up mm-hmm. to take me to, you know, college fairs. Wow. Um, that's how good he was. We, we need more people like that. We need yeah. more people that care to that that level
0: yeah yeah for sure so then um after you graduated you joined a company where you were working as an aerospace engineer correct
1: correct yes i worked uh for grumman aerospace i was actually working on the f-14 i don't know if you ever saw the movie top gun mm-hmm. but that was one of the planes that i worked on um kidding. it was awesome oh my gosh yeah and especially back then because people knew what the f-14 was mm-hmm. so i felt very proud and privileged to to be a part of that um, but uh, y- yes, so it, it was it was very um, challenging, I'd say, again, to be um, in in that realm as a woman and as a person of color. I mean, the
0: stories I could tell you were like, um, yeah, that was that was my next question, because you were probably <laughs> one of the few women forget women of color, but probably even the few women who were yeah, working yeah. in that company, right?
1: Correct. Correct. So I'll tell you that uh, we had different buildings um, where we had different projects. So there was like the F-14 building, the, you know, C-2A building, you know, like depending on the plane, that was the building that you worked in. Mm -hmm. So in the building that I was in, I was the only um, uh, woman design engineer. So if you look at a sea, look across the sea of maybe a hundred engineers. Not only was I the only one of color, I was the only woman. Okay, Um, so,
0: okay, now I have to ask you this. I'm I'm hoping it's not like Hidden Figures where there was no bathroom for women. (laughs) Like
1: that? (laughs) No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't okay. like that. We did have bathroom for women, but here's the here was the issue. Everyone that went into the bathroom with me was an admin, right? And in those days we called them secretaries, right? And oh, they were called secretaries. So right. they often confused me for, you know, a secretary. So they would I'd get comments like, Oh, I didn't know that design had a new girl. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um I, I thought oh you know yeah. So I, I work in the design engineering oh my god I, I, I had one woman actually uh, start crying she started crying in the bathroom she's uh, she, she, because I think she was overwhelmed she said first of all I am so sorry so sorry to have mistaken you for you know one of us you know which I thought that's you know awful that she would think that she was at that level you know like a lower level because she definitely wasn't but you know but she said you're you're an engineer oh my gosh and um and she gave me a big hug and she said you know this is what I wish for for my daughter you know this is what I wish for um I can't believe and you know after that she would like come and bring me coffee and I was like you don't need to do that
0: No, but I think that was, she was just so proud of the fact that she, know, was. Yeah. she was, she and was, she was. I think that's, I think that's really cool. And you right. had great mentors too, right? Even though you were the only woman, but you had great mentors who were men who actually guided you.
1: I did. Oh my gosh, I did. Uh, the, the, the reason that I, that I uh, got the role to begin with was because of a gentleman in, in, in HR. Uh, he had actually, was not he was an engineer. Um, And he rose through the ranks and then, you know, and later in his career he decided that he wanted to be in in HR and basically his mission was to create a more diverse uh, workplace. So that's what he worked on. So he gave me incredible advice. You know, he, he would say things to me like um, uh, you always take the most challenging assignment, you know, don't be afraid. You are setting an example for everybody. Like he made it very clear to me, you know, People are watching you. That's not a secret, you know, like, but you, you wear that proudly. Just make sure you make good because you're speaking for, you know, for every person of color. It's unfortunate, but it's true, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but when you have, Somebody kind of explaining it to you that way, like out
0: loud, mm-hmm. just saying it's a this, big, right. It's a big yeah. responsibility. It
1: is. It is right. a big responsibility, but be thankful for the opportunity, you know, right. and, um, and I was, I, 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 was, I, I understood what he was saying. Um, I, I didn't, you know, he, he would say things to me like, you know, I'm not trying to make you nervous or, you know, whatever, but you can do this. I hired you because, you know, or not him, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I pushed for you because, I know that you can do this, uh, but it's, uh, y- you, you, have to bring your A game. This is, everybody is watching. Right. Uh, and they were.
0: <laughs> okay. So, um, so from there you stayed, you stayed in aerospace engineering for a while. Did you, did you change jobs or? So I, I did for a little bit, um,
1: After, uh, there came a time where I relocated to to Florida because Grumman had lost a contract and I'm not sure if you know how aerospace industry works, but, um, basically, uh, it's like the same set of employees that just go from the East coast to the West coast or to other companies that get contracts or don't get contracts depending on, on the companies, right? So there's a set amount of, uh, competitors in the, in this field. So, um, government had lost a contract um, and things were very, um, you know, I, I did not get laid off, but I'd say 70% of uh, my team at the time was laid off. Um, so another thing that happened here too, is just so you know, when I was hired in, I was the first hire that they had had in five years. So I was also like younger, I know. So I was, not only was I a woman, was I black, I was also the, like, they kept calling me kid patting me on the head. I mean, there was just so many <laughs> differences <laughs> between me and the rest of them. <laughs> it's like, give it to the kid. Oh. Hey, you know what they used to call CAD in those days? Which now, you know, it's, it's so idea, But it's like, hey, uh, kid, can you draw this up for me in your etch-a-sketch? Etch-a-sketch? <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what cad was called it's those days like
1: she'll draw it up in your edges just <laughs> oh my god things
0: have been so, a um, long way since then
1: <laughs> so yeah but after that uh, i went to florida to work for pratt and whitney still the aerospace industry but i was designing engines instead okay. of um instead of structural parts for for military it was still military but mm-hmm. um but it was military engines and space engines as well okay. too so very fulfilling it was great um a lot younger crowd. Um, they did have Pratt Whitney, which is part of United Technologies, did have a more aggressive uh, vision of what they wanted their, for- their workforce to look like in terms of uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. So there, there was uh, one other uh, woman of color. <laughs> oh, so there were two. <laughs> there, were, there were two. <laughs> And she and she was around my age, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> okay,
0: at least you have company now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, but but there were a lot more women. Um, again, it wasn't equal, you know, but definitely a lot more, very, very different than, than what uh, Grumman was. Um, but uh, at some point, uh, that uh, Pratt & Whitney plant actually shut down and they moved their operations to Connecticut. They didn't invite me to go back up to Connecticut with them, but... Um, I really wanted to leave the aerospace industry because of the volatility. Everything did depend on contracts, you know. Right. Um, so um, I uh, did meet a representative from Alcoa, the Aluminum Company of America at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, offered me a job uh, in, uh, in Pittsburgh, PA, and I was there for 20 years and had an exciting, incredible career there as well. Um, I think so, over there, you,
0: it was much more diverse. You had a lot more opportunities, right? Well,
1: it, it was more uh, diverse, I'd say, but um, I went to work at a research center. Um, so my, my first challenge was that everybody there had a PhD except for me. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um but but they were also trying to change that culture in terms of uh, innovating and okay. uh, and creating uh, uh, new products uh, for the uh, the automotive uh, industry uh, okay. specifically aluminum intensive uh, you know products um, so uh, so it was basically uh, dealing with with a culture that was pretty set in its ways Um mm-hmm. And just kind of coming at it from from another uh direction but but I think that Alcoa handled that very very well uh, I, I I was very happy there um I was hired as a design engineer, but it was automotive now, not mm-hmm. um, not engines and not not airplanes okay. um, but my career quickly morphed from that as well you know I started um taking care of the uh, of the information that our Uh, customers were giving us, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the OEMs, like the General Motors or the Ferraris, Yeah, they wanted to make sure that we weren't, you know, sharing their designs with anyone else. And how can we do that? You know, and and those were the days that, um, you know, we didn't have data centers yet, you know, Mm -hmm. companies really didn't have that. uh, But we did have to protect this information. So I'd say that that's really when I started doing that type of information security. Okay. uh, Yeah.
0: Okay, so that, that that was that's really cool. So now that's also where you met your husband.
1: I actually met him in Florida at Pratt and Whitney. We we went to Alcoa together, so okay. um, yeah, yeah, that happened about the same time. So you know, thank you, Mr. Pratt and Whitney, because that's been pretty cool too. We've been uh, married since uh, nineteen ninety two. Oh wow, It's twenty yeah, seven years, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty seven. So, years. Um, so if, you, if you know, Mom, we could talk if you can talk about that experience you know because um you are from the the dominican speaking spanish as your first language and your husband is from indiana and doesn't speak spanish right well i'd say he speaks spanish um
1: he speaks a little bit um okay (laughs) and enough that he can communicate with with my family but he learned it afterwards after after meeting me okay yeah so i think that speaks to you know uh, one of the reasons why I, I, I love him so much, he is just this, um, he's capable of, of, of he's so like open-minded, so capable of receiving so much and giving so much, you know, so uh, I know of many people, you know, that say, oh yeah, you know, I, I married uh, somebody outside my race or culture, you know, but they don't want anything to do with my family or they don't understand. And, you know, Todd embraces, he doesn't just understand, he embraces. Um, he's, he's actually, um, you know, when we get together and we have, you know, uh parties and stuff i mean todd is the one that wants to dance and you know and wants to do all the things that my family wants to do i'm the one that's like oh goodness
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome though that, yeah that they would amazing ask amazing. me like
1: who's the dominican like what, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really cool but did you guys i mean um whether when you were dating or after you got married did you uh, feel you know that we were talking about white privilege and some things that other people don't get because they've never experienced it? Do you still have to explain that to him? Do you have well, to- you know what? It's it's funny. You, you you should say that because I think that's a
1: continual conversation, right? And and it's a question of like empathy and examples and, and understanding, you know. Um, and, and I'll I'll say you know I, I don't think that we uh, agree on on. Everything, you know, um, but but pretty much, um, I I think we we speak to each other uh, in in a manner that that we're you know we're pretty intelligent people. I I like to think, you know, so mm-hmm. so we have a lot of these these conversations where we speak to examples and where things happened and where things went wrong and mm-hmm. and you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and how things maybe maybe should be. So I'll I'll give you an an example, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we live right now in, in a neighborhood that's predominantly um, a white. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say predominantly, I don't think I've seen another black family in this development. There's like mm-hmm. 500 houses here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> People okay. keep telling me that I
0: do have a black neighbor, but I've not seen that. <laughs> Wait, are they telling you that you're the black neighbor? Or no, they no, talking no. About they're okay. saying that we
1: have yeah, they're telling me that there is one. There's a family. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not you. It's, somebody it's else. not me, okay. It's not <laughs> <Okay>. me. <laughs> all right. So um, it's 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 um, uh, I, I I'd say a high socioeconomic uh, uh, level, can, you know, very, you know, great school district, you know, all the things that you would um, think to find in, in an affluent suburb, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, when we first moved here, I remember, um, Todd and I having the conversation about, um, our son, you know, just kind of taking a walk in the neighborhood and, like, knowing his bearings and stuff, and I thought, you know, I I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I want to go with him, (laughs) and, and Todd was like, well, why? You know, he should... I was like, you know, and it really came down to, it. and at first, I don't even think I could really, like, verbalize it, but it, yeah. what I was really huh. trying to say, and we did get to this point, is, like, you know, he, he's black, like, when people see him, they're going to think that he's, you know, they, they know that he's black, and the first thing they're going to wonder is, does he belong here?
0: Yeah, and what, somebody why is he in this neighborhood?
1: Him? exactly. Right. Exactly. And and that was something that, um, you know, taught that, oh my gosh, like, you're really afraid that somebody, you know, because remember, this is a super safe place. Nothing happens here. If you look at it on that crime map, we're all green. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so to him, he's thinking, well, you know, why do you think that would happen? You know, why, who who would, you know, it's like, well, you know, this isn't about like, crime from somebody like holding him up or whatever but maybe somebody calling the police on him and what would happen you know so it's interesting that we're even having this conversation at this time Melanie because you know this is something that is inherent I think to every like person of color like we've always thought it we've always known it I've always known that when my brothers you know uh drive in their cars they get you know driving while black is a real thing yes. like um you know and those are the types of conversations that we constantly have like so for example the driving while black thing that's another one my brother has a a, a lot of um, tickets whether it's a speeding ticket or a tail light or whatever you know and he usually drives very nice cars or whatever and and my point to Todd is you know we can say whatever we can say that he speeds or whatever you know which he you know I, I, I'm not saying that he does, you know, but I think that the amount of times that he gets pulled over, mm-hmm. let's look at that. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Who gets pulled over so much? Right. right. You know, and even Todd said, you know what? That that is interesting. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, he's at a stoplight. Guess what? Who who gets pulled right. over so much? Right. It's because they look at the car that he's driving and the color of his skin. Right. And the place maybe where he is. Right. They pull him over. Right. You're not allowed to be in an affluent neighborhood in a nice car
0: and be this is, that is This color. is 2020, 50 years after yes. Martin Luther King died. Yes. And we're still dealing with that, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that ironic? Very much so.
1: Very uh, much so. And it's something that we still fear for our own kids. And that's yes. the part that's like, and, and and it's difficult to explain it to them also. Because even right. my son is like, well, you know, I I kind of see what you're saying, Mom, but you know, I think he understands more now than he right. did then. And right. it's everything. You know, everything from you know, so my, my son and, and he he's a very bright kid. I know we've had these conversations. Our son our kids are all very, yeah. <laughs> very bright. Um, but um when he's in school like it's always questioned it's not like everybody else it's like oh my gosh did you know he did very well did you know that he did you know it's like yeah. they're always they feel like they're shocking me with some news right and it's like no you know i know he scored perfectly i know that's what he does he's right. really really bright but they can't fathom yeah that mm-hmm. this kid could perform at this level or, you know, right. he goes to an Ivy or
0: that he, you know, it's just. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I know. I know with knows. my son, I have to tell him, to make sure he dresses well when he travels yes. because you don't want yes. to get pulled, po- you don't want to get profiled. I mean, they say racial yes. profiling, but that is the truth. Whether they you like it or not, It is. It is. it is a fact. It does happen. It's funny
1: you should say that because, you know, if Tommy were here right now, he would tell you, I don't let him leave campus without his sweatshirt from his school. Mm-hmm. even at the airport as so when he comes what are you wearing oh mom i know my sweatshirt from school right. yeah. yeah you know it's like because if you get stopped at the airport or whatever i just i want them to know you're a student
0: yeah you're not you know uh, yeah. some some kid in a hoodie you know wearing right. a hoodie when causing trouble right
1: exactly exactly yeah. and it's sad that we have to look at it that way because that's not the message that i'm sure white parents you know tell their you know um uh, white children right
0: yeah yep, yep, yep. i mean uh, i know um i i don't know if i told you this remember when we were um we were working together and my son came down to um down to the bantan i think and he he was like wearing his hoodie and whatever and he was sitting there and put his foot up on the sofa <laughs> and they called security <laughs> yeah you did i
1: remember <laughs>
0: And then I, oh my god, I just reamed him. the I just gay I get read right in the Riot Act because I'm like, what? I can't believe I you embarrassed me now though. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I see what you mean. It is it is um there's I think there's some things that we as as parents of you know we just I guess people call we just kind of are much more conscientious and much more attuned to picking up those this nuances or behavior, right? We normally, people wouldn't have to worry about that. But I think right. we, we just pick up on that because we, you, they don't even have to say anything. It's just the, the way, the body language and the looks, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly, yeah. We pick up on it all the time. So now when having, you know, you, you lived in, in, in New York City in probably one of the, probably at the time, probably a dangerous neighborhood, you survived. You went to college. You went in aerospace engineering. You're top of your game. You know, we are the top um, companies. Um, you you married white man. You biracial kids, and you're fine. But you but your experiences has made you strong, and you've learned a lot. So when you talk to your nieces and you talk to your you know your family and you talk to other people of color, what kind of what kind of advice would you give them? What would you tell them? considering that you know all the stuff that you you've been through
1: oh my gosh i i love that you asked me that question so i'm going to have all my nieces and nephews listen to this um because <laughs> Because I always feel like I have so much I want to tell them. And, and, and in this generation, unfortunately, it's like a text. If I can't condense it into like five
0: words, right. like
1: they, they
0: they don't want to listen to well, me You can just tell them, you know, Tia is going to be on, on the podcast yeah. and you have to listen. There exactly,
1: you go. exactly. I'm going to make them listen.
0: So uh, so I would say that the
1: number one thing, and and they know this, you know, to, to, to and I'd say to a fault because I think they think I'm Pushing is the importance of the education. Um, You know, I I think that very often they think it's hard. You know, but it's not hard. It's actually the easy way out. Um, It it is the great equalizer. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to go and work for somebody. You know, um, afterwards Uh, you can start your own business. You can do your own thing. But but for you yourself and for society to know that you have these accomplishments, that you have this degree, um, it is very, very important, especially for people of color yes, um, um, so I, I would even argue that, um, that that going to you know high level schools are more important for people of color you know because it, it does get everyone looking at you in a different light now. I'm not saying that's a, that's, you know, I'm not applauding that or the fact that that happens. I'm telling you that it does. That's just the society that we live in. You know, people are going to look at you very differently if, if you went to, to Harvard versus, you know, your local community college. And, and, right. and that's, that, that, that's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I'm not knocking community colleges or, or any kind of education uh, because I believe strongly in, in, in all of them. I'm just, I'm just stating what, what, what the fact is. Um, so for us to aspire to be as educated as possible with as, as much, um, you know, uh, commendations and, and, and certifications as, as possible, I think is very, very important um, mm-hmm. and, and contributions to society as well, too. So if there's, if there's one thing that I think I try to instill in them is, is to do that. And then, of course, you know, live live your passions, you know, because their parents, you know, my, my my brothers and 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 I, you know, we we worked very hard so that they could decide what they wanted to be and what they wanted to do. You know, um, engineering wasn't my first choice. I'm so happy I did it. It was a great ride. It, no regrets. I would do it all over again. But I don't feel like I had the luxury of choosing exactly what I wanted to be, which was a linguist. But that's okay. That's fine my because what do kids do? they get to do whatever, you know, I have put them in a, in a, at the socioeconomic level, but they don't have to worry, worry about where they was coming from or whether they're going to live in a neighborhood that um, doesn't, you know, uh, meet their needs or, or is unsafe or, you know, or what have you. So, so my nieces and nephews have that. Um, so I, I would say, you know, for them to, to get educated and, 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 and look to better themselves and, and, and better society and, and how important that is.
0: Right. Now, when we're talking about, you know, some of the times when we're so afraid about um, our children because of, you know, where, where we were and what we wanted for them, what would you tell a parent, um, you know, who's probably going through something similar right now, what would you want to tell them? you mean in terms of uh, just um but overcoming the fear right i mean what would be your advice and say you know, you are in the situation today so what should you do or what should you think about um as you're raising your children in the current environment
1: right so 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 again i i, I would i would again just, just push the importance of, of education, you know, uh, uh, again, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that they have to sit there, you know, constantly doing schoolwork. I don't think that that's not what I mean when, when I say education, I mean, instilling a love of learning yes. and, and understanding in, in, into their children, you know, so I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, one of the things that we uh, always did with our kids is we, we'd play the question game. Like we'd take a long car ride and, and we would, um, uh, ask each other questions kind of like trivia stuff right mm-hmm. uh, and the kids love that game oh my gosh you know mm-hmm. we're actually trivia fanatics our family is uh, <laughs> so um but but it does make you kind of go back and research things and oh, i didn't know that happened or i didn't mm-hmm. know that that would be next in line for president or i didn't know you know so um but just a love of learning and knowing things instilling that in them is, is really is really really important right. um we, you know, again, we listen to music and, and we dance too. We have, you know, our family songs, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. yep. so I'm not saying you don't have fun, but, um but, Doing these things with your kids, too, solving problems together. You know, if we have a, 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 an issue that we need to solve, we don't leave the kids out. Right. We, we say, hey, you know, we're challenged with this. Can you help us? And if they bring good ideas to the table, commend them on that. Uh, they have to understand that they're a part of this, part of the family, part of the solutions of the family and of tomorrow, of society. Yeah, but um, they're the
0: future leaders of tomorrow, the future right? future
1: leaders, right? Why aren't we tapping into that? Right you know, right. um, and to this day, you know I'll tell you what, like even like work issues or problems i i I've called on my son, like,
0: what would you do if this mm-hmm. you know, they and, have a very different mindset, a different way yes. of thinking compared yes. to how we would think, yes,
1: don't you love talking to your kids because oh, it yes. really is like I would have never thought of that <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I think, and I think, I think now, especially nowadays when you're looking at, you know, people are talking about the protests and people are like, why are you protesting? And, you know, why don't you just like not say, it like, no, you have to, you have right. to stand up and say something. Otherwise people will never know. Exactly.
1: You have to,
0: you have to be vocal so that you don't have to be mean about it and you don't have to break things and, you know, be violent, but you know, you just got to stand up and say it and say your truth. And I think that's important.
1: Exactly. And I, I am a, a, a big advocate of, you know, peaceful uh, uh, protests because you have to speak your truth, like, like what you're saying. Um, so I, I think it is very important what's going on right now. Uh definitely do not think there's a place in this at all for the looting or, or hurting anyone right. um, at any point in time. And I, I feel so badly that those things are, are happening. But To be honest with you, I can't help but feel proud of this, like, new generation to see the protests happening. Because you know what? This has been going on a long time. It's like, aren't we tired of this? Yeah. Aren't we? You know, and for them to just kind of say, hey, you know, this is it. You know, like, this is not, this is not cool. And to see people from all walks of life in it, I mean, it just kind of makes me, you know, Feels so good that we're all on the same page on this one. I we feel no we're case. in the
0: middle of a revolution. You yeah. Know? And we're yeah. part of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and, and and you know what? And this is one of the things that I, I love about this country. I know that a lot of people will sit here and, and say, well, this is what's awful about America. No, this is what's great about America. Yes. Because there are places that you go that you can't even have the protest. You know, this would be quietly, you know, put away or people would be, you know, uh, dealt with. Um, Uh, we have a lot of institutionalized, not just racism, I mean, socioeconomic, like across the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And and if you look at what goes on in other countries, and and, and I wish that people really understood um, what that landscape looks like. You know, I think that they would appreciate Appreciate, the freedoms that we have here. Yes.
0: Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, we're extremely fortunate, you know, to be living in a country that has got so much to offer. And, um, yeah, I know, I know how, I know how I feel. I know how you feel too. So th- th- we're, we're here. We're in, we're in a good place.
1: We are, we are. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much Isabel. I really appreciate, um, you know, coming on and ha- having this interview. I think there's, there's a lot that everybody I, I'm so, I, I just love your story because it, it, there's so much that people can learn, there are so many of us that are in similar situations and we could have gone so many different ways. Right. But then when you, when you were talking about how education really uplifts you, and you and I both know we've both gone through that, how because of our education we were able to live and, you know, take part in, in things that normally we would not, not have an opportunity. So this is a great story. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show and um, talking about it.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Melanie. It was my pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show... Please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.